Welcome to episode two of The Pandemic Tapes. My name is Clint Holly, and I'll be your host today. The Pandemic Tapes is presented in conjunction with Roots of American Music and the Ohio Arts Council. I am currently working in lockdown in Cleveland, Ohio, and producing these podcasts from my home. Last year, Roots of American Music was awarded a grant by the Ohio Arts Council to produce a program called Garage Band Garage Sale, which was going to be a fundraising initiative for Rome. In the spirit of garage bands from the 1960s, Rome was going to hold several events that included a garage sale where people could purchase instruments and other items donated to Roots of American Music, as well as having a live band performance. All of these plans came to an end in March of 2020 with the coronavirus pandemic. The Ohio Arts Council has allowed us to retool this effort and make it become virtual, online, and streamable. So what we are doing now is we are interviewing artists around the Northeast Ohio area and asking them about the impacts that this whole pandemic is having on their lives, their careers, and their musical creativity. You can also visit www.rootsofamericanmusic.org and find items online that you might be able to purchase to help with our fundraising. Our guest today is Juliana Tabor, She's a teaching artist with Roots of American Music and also a kindergarten teacher. She's enthusiastic, articulate, young, and optimistic. So let's spend a little time getting to know Juliana. So uh, I am a lifelong musician. I've been singing and writing songs literally since before I can remember. Um, I grew up in a house where my dad always played a lot of music and my mom exposed us to a lot of world music as well. Um, but today I'm also a kindergarten teacher. So, uh, being a teacher has been so wonderful because, uh, it allows me to incorporate music a lot, especially because it's kindergarten. Um, but then in the summer times I get to really explore that passion and, um, engage in that a lot during the summer. But my, my love is really doing showcases. Like I love going to the, a brother's lounge and doing like the 10 by threes or back in the day when barking spider tavern was open. That was a big favorite of mine too. I think one of the things a lot of people don't know about roots of American music is how they interact with local musicians. And these are actually paid gigs for you when you go out and do these, like this role as a teaching artist, correct? Yeah. Um, I, the roots of American music is so incredible in that way. Um, because it really does help provide musicians with that additional income that we need. Um, and fortunately, through grants and through funding, they're able to actually provide a, a decent amount for the music teachers. And the thing that's so great, too, about working with Roots of American Music is it allows for all these different types of musicians that because there's some there's a huge range of musicians yes. that work with Roots. Right. Like uh, a bunch of really amazing musicians that I've met, like Sam Hoop, Hooper, uh, Jason Myers, um, my friend Alicia, who sings with the oh, yeah. Tagalongs, like just all these different types of styles of musicians. And so they're bringing the kids so many different viewpoints and musical backgrounds and really exposing them to like the history of music. And it's, it's really incredible how you see like an eight year old get really interesting, interested in like Woody Guthrie or Jimi Hendrix. It sounds like your biggest challenges right now are being a teacher and you're what almost a month into not being able to be in your classroom right now. What kind of challenges has that posed? 
The number one challenge is not being able to see my kids every day. Um, that has been really sad for me. I just, I really love my students so much and they bring me so much joy. But fortunately, because of technology, we are able to do a lot online now. So there's a website called Zoom right. that does video conferencing calls. So we do those every single day. Um, and they, they're pretty hilarious. Like we still do <laughs> circle time songs and we do all these different kind of dances and stuff that we did in the class on these zoom calls. So I think at this point, like a month in the kids are finally really comfortable with it. So it's kind of our new norm is interacting on screens. Um, but it's definitely challenging. I'm not able to connect with them in the same way, like to provide intervention and stuff like that. Although Juliana and her class work together through screens and technology now, she still tries to work music into her lessons. She finds that it's a way for people to remember her lessons more, and it makes things uh, more fun. So let's let Juliana introduce the first song that she submitted to the pandemic tapes called The Beaver Song. This is something she created spontaneously and then created a lesson for her class based on the lyrics that she wrote. Um, so I typically write kids songs um, based on whatever lessons that we're doing. But occasionally they'll just kind of come to me where I will just like I had a song that I just had the melody in my head. One of the songs that I sent to you, it's about beavers. And I kind of just had the melody in my head for a while. And all of a sudden the lyrics came out and it was a song about beavers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had to create like this whole beaver lesson around it that we did in class. And we made beaver dams out of uh, pretzel sticks chocolate fudge and peanut butter wow that sounds delicious (laughs) it it was delicious and so much fun and the kids learned the song so i I always try to introduce music into every lesson that we do for me i've always been a musical learner and it made me sometimes when i was in more my more traditional style of education just like most people from back in the day it made me have a harder time enjoying school so that's why i try to incorporate music wherever i can and to make it really fun and creative oh i'm a beaver yes i am i'm a beaver i build dams i'm a beaver yes i You alluded a little bit to using some technology during the the lockdown here. Um, Tell me more about that, because my question was, you know, have you used technology to create, stream or collaborate with others? And it sounds like you have. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So um, we I have done that mostly with students, which has been really fun. 
I love giving songwriting lessons to kids. Um, a lot of times our songs will end up being kind of silly. Occasionally there'll be a sad song, though. Um, one of the first ones that we did, the students shared feelings of anxiety. And so we talked about what a melody is and what like uh, kind of like an anxious melody might sound like and what an anxious rhythm might sound like. And so we put together a few different thoughts about that and collaborated in that way. And my goal when I'm giving songwriting lessons, especially to kids, is always to do my best to let them lead. Um, so that's been really interesting. And then we have actually been taking our songs and turning them into books. So we write each of the lyrics on each page and then illustrate it. Now, do you think that uh, this technology that you're using now, do you think it will be then like permanently integrated into uh, your curriculum or how you teach uh, in the future? That's a great question. Um, I could definitely see it becoming something that not only my school district, but all school districts use more frequently. Like, for example, if we have snow days, you know, now we're all set up. And so many people have had these Zoom experiences that I think that they will have those expectations. Um, so things things will definitely change in that way. I feel like it, in a strange way, there is an intimacy to it. Um, like I, I've been doing these songwriting classes with uh, any student that wants to participate pretty much. It's just an open invitation. Um, and there has been this really strong intimacy when it comes to these songwriting classes and when we actually get to sing the song together at the end of the program. Um, and I think that people feel that like when you're in someone's living room, yes, you're sitting at home, but you're it's like you're having a one on one experience with them almost. Right. Um, and you're kind of seeing a new level of intimacy and vulnerability from them too to be playing in that way where they don't know whether you're going to listen or whether people actually care, but they care so much about providing their music to you. So it's kind of almost in a strange way, more intimate than going to a big stage where people are, you know, not necessarily always listening as intently. I play a lot of kids music um, and kids typically are not able to head out to a concert on a Saturday <laughs> night or anything <laughs> like that. Right. So being able to play on Facebook or like different videos and having parents just comfortably be able to set their kids up or know my YouTube channel so that they right. can just watch those videos. It is a really easy outlet. And, and like you were just saying, like my schedule doesn't really permit me to be a full time musician. Um, so it, it, for me, it's really helpful. Do you see any uh, issues with, say, like income disparity and things like that where people don't have access to maybe even basic Internet or the tools they need to be part of your class anymore? Yes, um, I, I would say for the most part, uh, the majority of our families have Internet. Um, however, not everyone has the technology necessary. Not everyone has an iPad or a laptop. Um, and more importantly, most of our parents at my school, at least, are still working. And uh, for a few of them, they're having to go to babysitters and stuff like that where they're not being able to sign on. So I would say about a little more than 50 percent of my class is still interacting with me via Zoom. 
But the rest, I'm pushing just, you know, through connections, like via text messaging. Juliana was kind enough to submit two songs to the Pandemic Tapes project. And the second song is a song about vowels and their complex interaction. And Juliana explains a little bit about how this interaction works and how songs help children uh, retain uh, the information that she's trying to give to them. Um, So the second song is about vowels. And vowels are kind of a tricky thing for a kindergartner or first grader to get even. The academic expectations for kids today, it's totally different than when we were kids. It is more, it's it's pretty much the equivalent of what a lot of us experienced in first or second grade. They're expected to know how to read leaving kindergarten. Wow. Um, so that's why it's so important to have a lot of songs and just different devices for them to use to remember. Um, so that song is, there's a famous line that teachers use when two vowels go walk and the first one does the talking. Right. And the first time I heard that, it made me think of just like those classic blues songs, um, where there's like that catchy chorus that could be applied in a million different blues songs. Like <laughs> right. those blues songs where you don't know exactly who wrote them, but you hear those same lines in other places. Right. I woke um, up this morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what it made me think of. So that's why I kind of wrote that into a blues country song. Um, and my class, actually, we when we sing that song, we have like one kid who pretends to be the E and another kid pretends to be the A. And they sing it, and it's hilarious because they've gotten really bluesy and soulful as they sing it. Um, so I, I love it. It's great. Two vowels go walking together. Two vowels go walking together. And everybody knows the first one's doing the talking. While they're walking E and A We're walking together E said to A Now we we're together I'm the one Who's gonna do All the talking While we're walking So E shouted out E That's my name Don't wear it out Two vowels go Walking together Vowels go walking together And everybody knows the first one's doing the talking While they're walking A and I went walking together I was as quiet as a fall of a feather So A shouted out A, that's my name, don't wear it out A shouted out Vowels go walking together And everybody knows the first one's doing the talking While they're walking Everybody knows the first one's doing the talking While they're walking Doing the talking While they're walking You had talked about uh, the Winchester and the 10 by 3 at Brothers. How do you think the coronavirus is going to impact local venues. What do you think the future for local venues looks like? Honestly, I feel 
scared for the local venues a little bit. I, and I, I hate to feel pessimistic like that. I'm naturally a very optimistic person, but I think it's going to be tough for things to go back to normal. I, at first when this started, I kept thinking like, Oh my God, when we all come back together, we're all going to be so much closer and so many people are going to feel more connected from this experience. But as of the few times that I've been out in the world now, and it, like just going for a walk on the street, you can feel that people are scared to be near each other as they should be right. because we're supposed to be social distancing. But I wonder if, you know, like back in the day during the Great Depression, what traumas are going to linger with us from this? Right. Um, and how quickly we're going to be able to be back in a packed bar listening to music. And uh, so I, I, I'm a little concerned about that. I think it's going to take time. I do think Cleveland's music scene is strong enough and uh, supportive of, enough of the musicians here that people will um, keep, continue to support local music. But it's it's also going to depend on wh- how the venues are being affected financially at this point and whether they're going to be able to be back up and running as usual. This has made me feel very introspective, I'm sure, for everybody. And I guess my hope is that people can find their own form of creativity that gives them a sense of optimism or gives them a a connection with themselves through their creativity. Um, So that's kind of what I'm hoping, and that's why I've been doing songwriting classes for students is Music, I think, is so important for helping us connect with ourselves, which leads to us feeling over what, overall a more optimistic and just a better sense of our self-worth. Um, so I hope that this time for people can be a moment where even though we're all kind of dealing with different feelings, good and bad, that we can come out of this with a sense of maybe peacefulness and some some new creative outlets, whether that's through music or poetry or art or writing. Thanks for listening to episode two of The Pandemic Tapes. My name is Clint Holly, and I've been your host today. The Pandemic Tapes have been produced in conjunction with Roots of American Music and the Ohio Arts Council. I would personally like to thank Juliana Tabor, teaching artist for Roots of American Music, for calling me on the phone, socially distancing herself, and sitting down for this interview. It was a lot of fun. She was very articulate and had a a great perspective on a lot of things. Roots of American Music is a Northeast Ohio-based nonprofit bringing arts, education, and performances to underserved populations in the Northeast Ohio area and beyond. If you'd like to contribute to Roots of American Music, please visit our webpage at www.rootsofamericanmusic.org. Look for the tab that says Garage Band Garage Sale. There's some great items for sale there. And always look for the Roots of American Music podcast tab, which includes not only the pandemic tapes, but our previous episodes called the Ohio Heritage Music Project, where we talk about historic places through interviews and music. So until next time, have a great day.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.